1212. Ladies and gents, welcome to A. Thompson and Other Disappointments on Friday night. It's half past seven. Uh, let's just fade out the fucking music, shall we? Let's get let's get straight into it. Uh, welcome to episode 163 of the show. Uh, I am your host, Aid Thompson. And uh, if you haven't joined me before for another episode, this is a show where we do what exactly? We set out your stool, Aid. Uh, what are you offering people for first time listeners? This is a fucking sweary, beery hour where we try to make sense of the senseless. And on occasion, I'm joined with somebody uh, with whom I I enjoy a beer and I, you know, like to talk shit with. Um, Twice a week, I bring my cynical, depressive and downright pissy take on the dystopian reality we now inhabit to you in audio and visual form, podcast and live streamy style. Um, And so if you are partial to a bit of pissiness, if you are happiest when you are sad, dear listener, you are welcome here, crack open a beer, pour yourself a cheeky G&T, and uh, allow us to bring light to your darkness as we dance into the doom lolzery once more. Um, it is it is good to have you with us tonight. Um, seriously, though, if you are feeling a bit down, and there is a lot to feel down about at the moment, you know, the NHS, uh, the housing crisis, uh, the cost of living crisis. Uh, if you're feeling down, I have just the guest for you tonight. Because truly, he is the biggest beam of sunshine I've ever known. He just bleaches the shadows away with the sunshine and happiness in his heart. Uh, You guys are in for an uplifting hour with a pair of us. Uh, Me fucking ranting about how shit everything is and, you know, hosting a podcast about how fucked we all are. And my guest is just this explosion of gaiety and joy. Please welcome to the show, Ben fucking Adams. Woo! Ben, Hi. how are you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? It's I, good. I'm good. Good to Cheers. be here. Yeah. Cheers. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, although Friday's meaningless for me. It's, it's all the same. Yes, yeah. Well, you, you're an actor. You're a stand-up comedian. You're a, all that. A creator of content. Oh, yeah, I love content. Content. Um, so, yeah, I suppose the, the days sort of blur into one, do they? Yeah, basically, yeah. If anything, I hate the weekends more than regular days because all the pricks are out uh, at the weekend and you have to you have to deal with them you feel like free time is sort of your thing and then, yeah 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 it's like how dare you how dare you go to a restaurant now what i want to go to a restaurant on a saturday night oh i can't because you're all there <laughs> god like, damn it like you have ownership on the fucking restaurant yeah. scene yeah i should yeah yeah, good, yeah yeah good for you i mean yeah. i'm supportive of this <laughs> violent authoritarian iron fist take on restaurantism i can't talk tonight my vocabulary is completely left i hate the idea of totalitarianism unless that unless it was me that was the rule you know i mean that's yeah it's pretty the overseer yeah um in the intro i sort of made you sound like crestfallen and melancholy and a bit understated but i suppose it's one of the great ironies that so i always feel like people like yourself and Mm. maybe to me to some extent um you know, we're quite depressive and down and we have a dark sense of humour, but at the same time, I think to engage with, to speak with, we're sort of reasonably we're upbeat. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I struggle with, is that yeah, I've got the darkest sense of humour on the circuit, but I try and be all cheerful with it. Like I've never liked to be like Frankie Boyle or anyone that just comes on and is like, oh, I'm a wanker and I'm going to... I'm going to do dark humour because I'm a prick. I'm always like, hello, I'm the nicest guy in the world and let's talk about your mum's death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's let's get into this a little bit. So, like, normally I ask guests to, like, to introduce themselves a little bit. Like, you know, how did you get into doing what it is that you do? Or I explain okay. to people why that person is, is interesting. But with you, <laughs> so, like, you, you and I know each other from doing stand-up back in the day. Yeah. Uh, and if you will indulge me for a moment, I shall now sort of join the dots on this. I'll now try sure. to color this in um, in a way that I hope is sort of reflective of who you are still now as a person. Yeah. So are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. And we are off like a prom dress. Here we go. So when I did stand up, I used to rant a lot. You may recall and, and others mm. may recall. Um but you used to crack jokes about dark, <laughs> dark things. 
Ben. Like your stuff, like my stuff was, you know, occasionally I would get complaints if I ranted too loud or I swore too much or I, you know, drew a clumsy metaphor or something. But then yours was like, this was like, this is before the whole cancel culture thing, right? Yeah. Um, but like, here's, here's what, this is a typical gig where like, if you and I were both on the bill, like I would come in and I would do a routine about how I had done a lot of drugs or like, you know, I'd, I'd done too many pills and then my pupils had got so big that my friends had fallen in them. Like that sort of, you know, mm. drug culture kind of stuff. And I thought that was sort of edgy or at, at worst, just sort of, you know, interesting maybe yeah. versus some of the other acts. So I thought I was sort of darkish. And then you would come on <laughs> and do a joke about like licking your cat's asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And, very Moorish. And dead babies okay. and stuff. Dead and, babies? Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, I suppose this is a point where some of my listeners are like, whoa, whoa, I got a second. You know, I was here for the, you know, activism and the fuck the Tory stuff and all that. But, mm. you know, hey, this is a bit much. But, and it is too much. But I'm just saying, back in the day, you had, you know, I think I've got a high bar, but you sort of pushed the boundaries quite a lot. Are you well, still I, like that? Well, I don't really have a bar. Like, I've always, what's always annoyed me more than anything is people calling me edgy and edge lord. Right. Or anything like that. I hate all that stuff because to me it's like, well, yeah, I have a dark sense of humor, but I, I never ever try. I'm never ever trying to be shocking. I'm never ever trying to get the laugh out of this is shocking. Yeah, it's more. It's more like this is just my sense of humor. Like, and and the world is a dark, horrible place. Like, especially now, and that's where the fun is, isn't it? Like everyone that's always been around me. I remember my uncle got prostate cancer, right? Hilarious, right? But <laughs> yep. he but he would joke. He'd joke, oh, I have to pump my penis up now and I can't get an erection and stuff like that. Sounds awful. It sounds horrendous. But you, you deal with these things with humour as a human being. I do anyway. I mean, mainly I'm very, you know, working class, man of the people. And, um, and that's what – I don't look very working class or sound working class. <laughs> oh, but um, – uh, but yeah, I, I've always found that I've always sort of joked about things that are dark, and uh, that's what I've always struggled with is is not not being that edge lord type guy, going for the shock, but at the same time, like you say, doing jokes that people are like, whoa, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because it's like so. I had Steve McLean on here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think it was with him. Maybe it was with someone else. But anyway, let's let's assume that it was him. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about um whether people like do people try to be like edgy or do oh, people yes, try do. to stay clean with their material and i think he was saying something like you know oh, i would fucking kill to be able to write a joke that clean that's that funny and i was like yeah but it's not about trying to write a joke that's that clean it's just that yeah. some people are actually like the clean stuff just occurs to them like that's yeah. their wheelhouse it's like oh i'll write a joke about bikes i'll write a joke about you know how sunny it was today like whereas i think with me and to a greater extent you it's like you can't you don't decide to write quote no. unquote ed edgy comedy you yeah, just exactly like the darkness just like takes yeah just it just that is me that's just my personality and i think you've always got to show your truth on stage and, and if you're not doing that so yeah. you're just sort of fake and and but i can write i've got the silliest joke in the world in my set at the moment where i've got a bag and i just i start it starts talking and i go oh yeah oh you're all really lovely you're all really lovely and i pull out and i go oh what a what a sweet potato and it's a sweet potato <laughs> that's not dark it's not dark in any way but then you know there's other jokes that yeah they're, they're quite dark although i have calmed down a bit i definitely have calmed down a bit since i've got older yeah Do you just think because Oh, Sorry, I was, I was just because I was doing stand up, and then what? And then the whole council culture sort of thing came in. Yeah. And I personally, I hate offending, like genuinely offending people upsets me. I hate it. I don't like the, I don't like the idea of it. Um, and like, but then as that started to come in, I found it harder and harder to be myself. And I just thought, no, nah, there's no place for me. I can't, I can't do what I'm doing now at the moment. Mm. But, um, but that's why I'm back now because it seems like people are starting to sort of come around to comedy again at least i hope so yeah i mean like so just to, to go back to what you were saying a minute ago about the sweet potato joke like for mm. me like already i'm thinking see that that's a, a fun 
innocent joke, but mm. it would almost work. Maybe you do this already, but it would almost work even better if it came after like three or four really fucking dark jokes so that then oh, there's it does. the expectation there <laughs> people are thinking oh god what's he going to pull out the fucking bag and then it's innocent it's like the innocence becomes the joke that's exactly it that's yeah. exactly it i oh, like god. to end on a nice a nice sort of um yeah a sort of a funny stupid joke it just makes me laugh because yeah it's been so dark yeah yeah do you um, think but again i don't i don't think anything's that dark there'll be there'll be jokes that i tell that i think oh yeah that's fine that's fine that's fine i'm only worried about this one joke but then i'll tell a joke and people go oh and i think what oh okay oh i guess that's yeah that's dark is it it's funny isn't it so it's always the ones that you think are gonna not do, like oh, i'll just throw this in there that's fine and then it that's the one that fucking comes to life and you're like fuck yeah. man <laughs> yeah i really thought it was gonna be my other jo- like i i used to have a joke about and this was quite dark uh, I used to have a joke about how women would rather roll the dice taking an illegal cab home mm. and and the worst possible situation they might get themselves in as a result yeah. of that. They would rather roll the dice on that than come home with me. Yeah. Get, like they would rather have unconsensual sex with this guy than actually come like, and it, like, <laughs> there was something, you know, dark and horrible. And yes, okay, I get it. Like, I, but to me, I was like, that's, there's something in that and yet yeah there was nothing in that people, people were just actually get, yeah they get upset. really angry about that sort of yeah. stuff. i've always wanted to do a sketch of like the apprentice and you know when they go off in the cab at the end mm. i've always wanted to do that sort of thing and then they go off in the cab and then something bad like just sort of oh uh, this isn't where my house is and then it just comes up do not take illegal mini cabs <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the whole 12 part series was just yeah. like a, a stretched out advert for it government campaign <laughs> I remember you saying to me a, a, a few few years ago now uh, when the first wave, if you like, of uh, comedy offence was kicking off, mm. pro- probably around the Dapper time when Dapper was. was oh, yeah, down. yeah. Um, uh, I remember you saying like, yeah, like right now the pendulum is swinging this way, but eventually people will get yeah. fucking fed up with it because there's no humour in that and it will swing the other way. They'll be looking for something refreshing and something that doesn't stay within the parameters of what is acceptable yeah. comedy. I mean, I mean, not necessarily like completely the way, just it, it swings. I think personally when we were doing stand-up, mm. the pendulum was very, maybe a little bit too extreme. So I think it was that sort of time of where people were trying to be shocking and maybe it was a bit too extreme and also a bit too offensive. And then it swings way too far the other way. And I'm just hoping now it's sort of nice and in the middle. Like people can handle a little bit, but also myself and uh, and other people have learned that, okay, you know, there are things that you need to be aware of, Mm. um, but not necessarily everything. Like, you know, you can still, you can still push it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny though. Like there's stuff that you, I never would have thought would bleed into the comedic discourse that has done like even fucking today like today and yesterday um alfie brown they somebody dug up some old stand-up footage of his and i think i haven't watched it so i'm immediately i'm one of these people i fucking hate where it's like uh, now i'm going to share my opinion about a thing that i haven't even watched but um i gather from what i've read that he used some i don't want to say derogatorial terms or like outdated terminology or something well, it's an outdated clip like what, what can yeah. you do like so it's from years ago which you know i get it's not necessarily a get out of jail free card just because something happened a few years ago so there's, no, there's no. that but i also think like are we coming for comedians now like i get this yeah like i say there's parameters that you can sit within and, and you shouldn't step outside of but I do feel like there's a case to be made for like, look, seriously, like if you're coming for comedians and satirists and like, like, where's your target? Where is your, where's the person who actually deserves your ire? Is wow. this guy over here, the big fat fucking grey haired cunt in a three piece suit yeah. over like the stealing yeah. your fucking money? Like, well, why that's, are that's you wasting the main your problem time? with the world, isn't it? It's just distraction. It's people going after people that are, you know, all comedians mm. are trying to do is, is essentially make you laugh. That's, that's, even if they say the worst, horrible stuff that you go, geez, that is the most offensive thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It, it's, it's only come from a place of, I want to make you laugh. Yeah. Really. And Well, sometimes, whether, sometimes it comes from a place of ego, I think. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. But, but I still think that 
yeah, I just think that that mainly it is for just to try and make people laugh. They even if it's from ego and they want to be a great comedian, they want to be famous. Mm. It still comes from I just want to make people laugh. There's no way you're going up there and you want to yeah, offend uh, someone yeah. or, or even say a truth. You don't want to go up there and go right. This is my stand up set. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about the world. It's like well, that's not stand up, yeah. is it? That's a completely different thing. So yeah. it's just. Yeah, so it's just horrible. I mean, you could dig up. There's things that I've said in the past in old videos and things, but you've got to, you've got to learn, haven't you, as a stand-up? And especially, you have to learn where the line is. And the only way to learn where that line is, unless you stay far away from it and end up on live at the Apollo, the only way to learn where that line is is to to step over it and go, oh, okay, no, okay, that was that's too far. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Like it's if you if you don't test those boundaries you're never going to find out where that mm. acceptability is and yeah. and and unfortunately for a lot of these guys the acceptability boundary is actually where the biggest laughs are like somebody should draw a graph about that because yeah. it's like it, it sort of crescendos yeah. it gets bigger and bigger and bigger you could get oh, a yeah. massive laugh just tiptoe dancing on the cliff of acceptability yeah. and but if you step a little bit too far no laughs and career over well, that was that was always been it's always been my problem it's like i don't have gigs where people go <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have gigs where people cry laughing and they're they're loving it mm. or i have gigs where they want to kill me and walk out and it's it's hard to deal with that as a as an act but i'd yeah. rather i'd rather that big 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 laughter than yeah than just sort of me you know oh yeah yeah, I remember. Do you remember your first gig that went really well? Um, I don't know. Is this where you say my, my gigs have always gone well, Ed? Don't know about They've always. No, no, no. They have not. <laughs> they have not. Jeez, I can. I, that's the thing. I can think of as a comedian. You always look at the person who's not laughing. Yeah, as you know. So I always think in my head of the gigs that went terrible. I never think of the gigs that went really well. Yeah. Well, because we've got like problem-solving brains, haven't we? humans so you right, focus yeah. on the bad shit or at yes. least that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what i tell that myself when i'm like do i bitch too much do i like rant too much like no 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 it's a, you've got a human brain it's a problem solver like that yeah 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 that's true yeah yeah true because you're looking out and you're going how do i make this yeah how do i do it yeah but you're right yeah like you do you we, we sort of focus and we remember on the the, the bad get like i still remember bombing through my asshole in Dirty Dicks the night before I did my Leicester Square show. <laughs> and like the Leicester Square show went amazing. But the last gig before that was my worst fucking ever yeah. gig. It's so bad. Like he hecklers like you wouldn't believe. People mm. shouting the like mean, really mean spirited stuff that was probably only about 70% oh, true. Um, I hate hecklers. Yeah. That's Everyone thinks that heckling is part of comedy. Like there was a time and not so much now. There was a time where actually no, unlike TikTok and stuff, everybody puts up posts of hecklers and it's almost like become a thing of like you go to a comedy show, oh, how is he gonna deal with the heckler? It's like, no, that's not being a comedian. Like yeah. the heckling is the worst part of it. It's just someone like annoying the shit out of you. Yeah. And and then you have to just put them down. And I oh, yeah, I hate it. The one thing I will say about dealing with hecklers is like the audience want you to handle them and to belittle them yeah and they will give you license you've got more bandwidth as a the stand up on the stage holding the mic to be able to neutralize that person by saying something actually quite mediocre like you don't have to say yeah. anything that that funny because the audience are already on your side they fucking hate the guy that's interrupting the show so that's quite Unle handy. unless you go overboard with that and then suddenly the audience is all against you and i've done that before i've um, someone shouted something and i was very new and I didn't really know what to say. And I sort of went full throttle on these people <laughs> and everyone. Then, then I got another heckle of, whoa, 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 that's too far. <laughs> can you can you expand on that? Can you tell us what, what you said? It was, um, it was a joke I used to do um, about an ex-girlfriend with some Yazoo. So I think you know. Um, but yeah, basically the whole the whole idea with the joke was I was trying to lead the audience down a path and get them to like me and get them to be on my side and be like, oh, this girlfriend really annoyed me and she put milkshake all over my bed. So then what I did was I got I went to the local shop, I got a crate of Yazoo, chocolate, banana, strawberry, and the audience is like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And uh, I went round the house and then I 
<laughs> sexually assaulted her mum, basically. And that the joke was, I liked the idea of leading the audience down that path and getting them to be completely on board with me. Yeah. And then switch it so they're like, oh, my God, we're completely against this. Yeah. That, that made me laugh. And I did that. And, yeah, these, these people in the crowd were like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. But then that's, that's a great example of... A, like an obvious joke and you're mm. you're explaining it very well in terms of like the the comedic device to it yeah uh which i could geek out on this stuff for fucking hours but it's like you're so you're leading them up the garden path as you said they're yeah. they're now existing in a place of safety because they think obviously exactly, you're gonna say yeah oh i'll pour the i pulled yeah, the yeah, azu yeah, all yeah. over her bed yeah. to get her back like that they think it's a you know it's a comfy thing to do but it's like um but it's like, yeah, they're on your side. And then when yeah. you just take it so fucking far to the end <laughs> yeah, degree, yeah. it's like the, you have... The biggest extreme. Yeah, but you have... So you've got two comedic devices there. You've got the leading them up the garden path over this way, and then you switch it to that, which they weren't expecting. But then you've also got the exaggeration piece there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, yeah, now I think if you did that, if you had a sort of, you know, a, uh, a even half significant Twitter following, if you posted a clip like that... Uh, I, like I wonder what would happen. I wonder if people. No, would come no, after I, you. I can't imagine. I, do, I mean, I don't do that bit anymore purely because it used to fill me with dread. Like it either went down amazing or it went down awful. And mm. yeah, no, I don't. I, I just, I just stay away from it now. I think, well, I don't need to. I don't need to go there. Yeah, but yeah, I, I imagine if it was on. The thing is, it it would just it, there would be two sides of the extreme. That's why I don't really. I'm not on Twitter. I can't stand all that. It'd just be. Some mm. people will be going, yeah, free speech. And then the other people will be going, oh, this is awful. And oh, I can't be bothered with that. And they don't get the whole point of the joke. People would take it as he's being shocking. Whereas it's like the whole point for me was working in w with that, those comedic devices and trying out, you know, trying to do that. But um, yeah. 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 I mean, it's like, so going back to one of my first gigs, um, I remember I got into a, it's so fucking petty of me, but just as, as we're on the subject of like first gigs or first gigs going well and then jokes mm. that we dread and, and feeling that fright on stage. And um, I remember I had this email exchange with some friends and I I said, a, I, what was it we were talking about? We were talking about um, this guy had just proposed to his girlfriend and they were like, oh, my God, like, how did oh, that's amazing? Like, how did he do it? And so I sent this like two, three paragraph story back saying like, yeah, look, you know, he um, uh, he arranged everything with the parents and then he went and picked her up. And he th he told her that she they, he was going to take her away to this place. But then actually he took her away to that place and he drove her all the way down to her favorite place that he she had told him about was her like favorite place in childhood where she used to spend time thinking and reading and stuff. And he took her mm. right to that lovely place because he's such a sweet, sweet guy. And he took out her favorite stuff and then the ring and then and it was so romantic and it was a beautiful day. And then he said, like, Would, will, will you marry me? And she said, yeah. And then they replied back and they were like my god that's so sweet that's so romantic and then i replied back again i was like i made all of that shit up he just <laughs> literally <laughs> took took her to a pub yeah. got pissed and then he went like will you marry me like out in the street she was like yeah oh my god i love you like and um and then they replied back they were like that's really weird that you made that all that up <laughs> and it really like hollowed me out yeah yeah because i was like fuck you that's not weird that's fucking funny like what are you yeah. talking and then that night I went to uh, Dirty Dicks to the We Are Funny project and I tried an idea that I'd been toying with for a little bit. Um, but I had always thought it was too weird. Can't remember what the fuck it was now. And it, it fucking lit the room alight. And I was like, whoa, this is I like this. Nice. And um, and I was talking to a girl that I was seeing then. And I was like, I'm so fucking excited. Like she had, she had no interest in comedy at all or, or like me doing stand up. Oh, and I was like boring her to tears. Just going yeah. like, but I've tried this bit and I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, will you shut the fuck up? Take me for dinner. <laughs> like, my, my girlfriend gets so annoyed. She, um, she loves comedy as well. She loves comedy. She always comes good. to gigs and stuff, but constantly afterwards she hates it. I'm just like, did this bit go well? Did and what about when I said this? And what about this? Do you think it'd be better if this? And, and she's so fed up with it now. And fair enough, I totally get it. Everyone that's close to a comedian gets fed up with it. Don't yeah, they? 
Yeah. It starts yeah. off as like a cool thing. Mm. Like, oh shit, Ben, you're you're doing stand up. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Oh, so you're so brave, Ben. You're so brave. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get you up go, there? Oh, oh, the reason is because he's very insecure and yeah. yeah, and he just he needs constant reassurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like pulling up the curtain to who yeah. you really are. No, this is this is why I do it. This is why I do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just a confident, cool guy. Yeah. No, no. No. Standard comedians may look confident and cool mm. on stage yeah. when when they say the things that they've pre-written yeah. <laughs> to be cool and practice 200 times before to be <laughs> funny. <laughs> But yes, underneath, just ruined human beings, broken, broken yeah. human beings. Yeah. Um, what made you go back to it? Because I know at one point you were like, no, fuck stand up, man. I'm done. Well, I still hate it. I still hate it. I hate where stand up is now. I hate mm. it. It's boring. I mean, you, you look at like who's on at the comedy store and stuff like the top clubs. I mean, I wouldn't go and pay to watch it. I think it's awful. I think. I is think there anyone? that's at the comedy store who you wouldn't pay to go and watch that you'd like to reveal their names. Let's throw some shade. Let's rake some muck here. Well, to be honest, it's not because it's just because I probably know them and I think I've seen them loads of times. And this is even better. We can get a real beef going. There's a, there's a, a girl. What's her name? I, I mean, I, they're probably nice people, but I mean, obviously Russell Kane is at the comedy store now and again. And, and, sure. and that man is, um, I don't know. He's, he is comedy cancer. He's, he's my nemesis. I hate that man so much. So like when, when I last went to the comedy store, which was a few years ago now, uh, I saw Paul Thorne was the MC, a bald chap. Um, okay. They're all he, bald. Are they? No, because Mick Ferry does MCing there too, right? I just um, mean comedians in general. Most oh, comedians right. are bald. Um, so, well, okay. So Paul Thorne was also bald. Uh, but he, <laughs> he was, uh, and also a comedian. Um right. But he he did a phenomenal job of emceeing. And now <laughs> MCs there. And obviously she is phenomenal. Uh, I know Joe Jacobs does uh, sets there and he's pretty, pretty good. I haven't seen him for a few years, actually. But last time I saw him, he was pretty good. Um, uh, I don't know who no, else good. I've seen that's on the bill that I've thought like, yeah, that's a Mind you, I'm not really that close to it anymore. I'm more involved in like politics and podcasting now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's, you know. Do you think there's a gap in the market? The problem is I, I'm trying really hard. When I first started stand-up, I was very open with what I thought about other comedians and what I did, you know. And now I just feel like I can't, I can't say what I really think because it just looks like I'm bitter or it looks like I'm somehow saying I'm better than them. And I'm not at all. I'm just, I'm a comedy fan. So when I see people like, you know, that <laughs> God, this is this is such utter garbage, and I can't. Oh, no, <laughs> no, not. She was horrible to me. She was horrible to was me. She? she called me. Yeah, she called me a silly white boy. And uh, when was I, that? I found that that uh, basically she had. Oh, I don't want to go. Do I have to go into this? Yeah. Basically, she was moaning about get, not getting an advert or not being on TV and stuff. And I said, I basically we were friends. Like I really liked her, and we got on really well. And yeah, then you, I play, you played my yeah. gigs together. Man, so, we were yeah. friends. Like I thought, this is what happens in comedy. You think you're friends with someone, and then they just turn around and shit on your face. Yeah, I mean, and, I was um, going to do that later, but yes, exactly. Yeah, you probably yeah. will. You probably <laughs> you'll probably put this out as disgusting, horrible comedian bananas. But um, yeah. no, and I I just said about, oh well, you know, there's quite a lot of black people in adverts now. You know, it should be all right. And then she was just like, shut up you're a little white boy you've been in adverts and you're just lucky because you're a white boy and but, but were you saying this as because i can sort of see both sides here so um, you know what as i'm saying it it sounds like i am being like no no no. oh god the black people are always in adverts anymore but i was being a friend with it i was genuinely being nice and a friend with it. I, you know it's, it's all good the tide's turning like you, you'll be all good and and but were you don't worry but, but like, was it a, kind of a, like a, a, a near the knuckle joke? Like, no, no, it really wasn't. It really was. It was just a friend saying it. And then she went to town on me and started calling me a little white boy. And, and I, and I don't like that because I would never refer to her as, you know, see, I don't a, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sort of understand it really like the, the exchange that you had, but it's like, if she was gutted or worried about not 
getting the advert mm. and then you said well don't worry there's like loads of black people in adverts. oh no i didn't no it wasn't that it was it oh. was she was more annoyed that she wasn't on tv and i mean two weeks later she was well, she was on tv and she was she was getting really big so like i said i don't like going into it and it's and it's fine I'm, it doesn't matter but it just annoyed me that we were friends and then suddenly i'm like a little white boy it's like oh okay i didn't realize that that was what i was you know yeah to her. And, i guess it just it just annoyed me the, the thing that i've learned as i've got older is you have to and this is an impossible thing to factor in right so i feel mm. fucking ridiculous saying it but you almost have to factor in other people's lived experiences into what you're saying to them in that exact moment even though you've, you're not fucking aware of it so like mm. for example um a, a few months ago i said something to like somebody i went to school with and uh i said something that was later in retrospect uh careless and a bit insensitive to the like i hesitate to use the word trauma but she had been through some shit right and right. um and I said some stuff and uh, she went way off the fucking handle, up, like, mm. like really tore into me. And I was like, like my instinctive reaction was like, whoa, like fucking like what the f are we? OK, yeah, yeah. I guess we're not friends anymore. Like um, I was super defensive. And then it was only afterwards I was like, uh, maybe I should have factored that in. And even though she is being super irrational and actually quite hurtful, um is there a responsibility on me to accept that actually there's some damage done there but then even, oh, you know what, even saying that, that but, just, but just don't don't yeah don't be racist to me basically like i don't like racism in any yeah, way but then you and, said, yes, you said don't man. worry like there's loads yeah. of black like you can't come on man no i meant it in a nice way like like you're good like it's all good like you're, you're gonna get the opportunities and guess what she did like she's doing really well I was right. Like, good on her. Good on her. But let's not talk about... Okay, Look, fine. It's fine. She's a lovely woman. We were very good friends. You know, she decided to call me a little white boy. That's fine. I'll take it on the chin. Okay. All right. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> I don't That's know, what man. I think about racism. Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a funny old game though isn't it like uh stand up because as, as you say like you sort of you build up these relationships you build up friendships and yeah. and close acquaintances with people and you assume that that these people are at least to some extent like friends or friendly yeah. with you yeah and yet I, like i think i've spoken about this before but like when i became a dad and i was just propelled out of doing like three four gigs a week and then living in Guildford, not gigging at all, removed from it all. I mm. assumed that the people who I had gigged with, and I hesitate to say given opportunities to, but there were, you know, modest opportunities. I'd let people have a headline spot. I had paid them when nobody else was paying them. And um, I can already hear you're going to apologise for these people and fuck them, quite frankly. Because no. if you've given them opportunities and you've been friendly with them and they've turned around and shoved it in your face, then no, it's not right. I, I wasn't going to apologise for them, actually. I was, I was oh, going to say, okay. like, it's sort of an <laughs> extension of your point. Like, it's it's kind of... I felt like we had built up... Uh, and I won't name them. <laughs> I'm not going to muckrake myself. <laughs> you forced me to name them, hey. <laughs> but like, you forced me. I know, but I felt like we had built up such a rapport that when I then messaged them afterwards and i was the ostensibly a um postpartum mum really like at home with this baby the baby's crying i'm just changing nappies i miss stand-up with all my fucking heart mm. like I, I i lived and breathed stand-up for like four or five years and then to just be removed from it completely and then I was, i'm messaging these people saying like look i know it sounds ridiculous but like would you mind sending like could you just record one of your sets or like you know just like send me a video of like how oh, wow. your fringe okay. thing goes like i just i sort of need to feel connected to it and i know it sounds ridiculous and pathetic and whatever but no, no, no. but no, would fine. you mind like sending it yeah. and fucking wall of silence like yeah and one of them is like now a sort of tv name and oh, come on you have okay you made me name someone you have to name them his name was ben adams no <laughs> uh, i wish i was and he's a real <laughs> cut no um but like the guy replied back and he said um he said oh man like i'm i'm a bit shy and i'm like are you out of your fucking mind like you're at edinburgh fringe 
performing every night for a month. Mm. <laughs> Spending like shy. 10 grand putting this thing on. I'm a bit shy. I'm like, do you know what? It's okay. It's fine. Like, I'm I'm here. I'm going through some <sighs> stuff. But I, thought I mean, we maybe, friends. maybe to take it, maybe, to, maybe he wasn't very proud of his his show maybe he wasn't very th- and you're someone that he respects and 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 know him when he was sort of you know starting up maybe he thought i i don't, i'm a bit ashamed of what i've done and i'm trying to get somewhere and i've done some things that i don't really want to want to do maybe he's thinking well aids an actual comedy fan so Could i mean be. i don't know it i don't know who you're talking about but i'm just i'm just saying maybe yeah i might tell you after we've stopped streaming Oh, I can't believe you, mate. I can't believe I've embarrassed myself. And... <laughs> You've fallen right into my trap. Ben oh, damn it. Damn um, it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I remember talking to, to the missus about it and I was like, you know, I just feel like com- like completely ostracized and it just feels yeah. incredibly insensitive. But then she was like, you know what? Maybe, you know what comedians are like with their material? They don't want people to burn it. They don't want it shared before they're ready. to. It's possible that he thinks that you are going to use it in one of like, like at the time I was doing those YouTube, like oh, you know, yeah, yeah. documentary things. And uh, I was like, yeah, but I would like, I would never use it without asking. Um, but anyway, it's uh, all water well, under the bridge now. You know, if you I'm ever want to... one of my sets aid, you're very welcome to it. You're well, that's very, very welcome nice to it. I can, I'll send it to you every day. I think I've still uh... got, some of ours like from back oh in the god day. oh no delete them delete them from, i'll get cancelled from the panda riot yeah i mean no it was good i loved doing that gig that gig was great wasn't i it? loved it with lovely t- as well we used to have such a good time i think that's the problem isn't it with stand-up friendships and stuff you get really butthurt because i feel because gen- i'm quite an honest person i'm quite a an open person that i feel genuinely hurt that i'm like oh i can't believe I thought we were friends and it turns out, oh, okay. It's just a professional sort of. Yeah. It's... And I think that's what's hard. I, I think it's, it's harder also when not just like I, I'm, I think that I'm your friend, but then when something actually quite trivial, then like ruins it. It's mm-hmm. like, well, oh, well, hang on a second. Like this feels like a superficial little misunderstanding to me, uh, but you're willing to just torch our, yeah, you know, three or yeah, four yeah, years yeah, of yeah. knowing each other over that, like, yeah. like, why don't you just ask me what the like, what, like, why yeah. I would feel comfortable saying something so hurtful, you know? Um, like, I, I'm close, you know. I like to think me and you are, are good friends. No, go fuck yourself. Uh, if you, <laughs> no, if you were to write something on, you're, on you're just a little white boy. How dare you? <laughs> you? No, but yeah. if you'd wrote something, I'd like to think. If I'd annoyed you by writing something, I'd like to think you'd message me or something. Go, you know, I didn't really appreciate that. And then I'd, oh my God, you know, there'd be a dialogue. Yeah. Instead of sort of, you know, but, um, but getting back, let's get back to the reason getting that you should go back into stand up. If any, if you and me and anyone wants to get back into it, the reason why I got back into it is because, um, like you say, you feel so alienated and you feel like it's something that is, it's a really small community that you, it's a massive community, but it feels small mm-hmm. and it's something you can never get away from. Like I, I used to do sets to myself after I'd had a few beers in my kitchen mm. and, and it gets to the point where you think, well, I might as well, I should do this. I need, I need that buzz. I need to get this out of my body mm. and do it on stage because otherwise yeah. it's useless. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing like I. I always said so. Like, if b- before I had kids, I was like, if I have a son and a have daughter, you got kids, I've got two children. Ben. Oh, well, right. Okay. Yeah, I very rarely talk about being a. No, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, and and childcare. <laughs> yeah. uh, I always said like, you know, if I have two kids, uh, and they're both really really lonely, I would say to the like to the boy, I'd be like, go and get a job. In like in in his teens, I'd be like, go and get a job in a bowling alley because bowling alleys are a lot of fun. Uh, but if my if my daughter says like, I I wish I had more friends, I'd be like, stay away from the fucking bowling alley. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just raucous. But this in this in a sort of similar way, <laughs> when you get into your twenties, like I wish I'd started stand up a lot sooner, about ten years earlier than I did. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's if you if all of your friends. Uh, pair up and move out or they all become parents or they all just get a bit boring or or you're just a bit of a loner and you would like to make more friends 
there is honestly there's very few things i think in a city like london where you can because everything's so fleeting everything moves so fast but there's very few things that you could build up that level of camaraderie i don't know there's just something about like oh he's he's 70 years old oh but yeah. he's a comedian okay right i've yeah. got something in common or like you know uh a south asian lady over here or the you know like but everyone like doesn't matter what walk of life they come from everyone's got that thing that yeah, they're yeah. all you know that... are you always when you talk to people that aren't comedians you're like oh god i wish i was talking to a comedian Mm. Like comedians just get it. They just they just know it's just, it's a weird thing. It sounds very arrogant to say, but it's not that. It's not that we're better. It's just I there's mean, a certain sort a of shorthand. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. No, but there's a there's a shorthand, and and there's a certain understanding, and you kind of go, oh yeah, okay. Like when I first met my um, my girlfriend, my fiance now. Did you propose by driving her to her favourite childhood? I did. Place and... I did. I did. I drove her to her uncle's house, and. We sat there and we sat him down and we talked about everything that had happened. And I, I... <laughs> I mean, let's just stop there, right? You carry on on the on the trajectory that we were at before. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, no, with my fiance, she, I saw her on Hinge and I saw that she had done a gig somewhere where I thought I had done a gig. Mm. It looked like the dog star in Brixton, but it wasn't. But anyway. But it was immediately that I was like, oh, okay, like we might have something in common here. And then when I met up with her for the first time, we chatted and chatted and chatted for hours. And it was like, because she had done comedy, there was just something there. There was some sort of instant connection. Mm. And um, yeah, that you don't you don't get with, with people that haven't done comedy. Yeah, I think it's a sort of, it's, it's a, a nice like cocktail blend of being... <sighs> A, a little bit needy, mm. a little bit not self-assured, but mm-hmm. also just confident enough in the wrong way <laughs> to to know, or shameless enough to like to get up on stage and then expect a room of people to laugh at you. Um, I think I think it's more I think it's more people that don't know where they fit into the world. It's more people that they don't fit in with their family. They don't fit in with maybe their certain friends that from school and things like that. Mm. I mean, it is for me anyway. It's always people that are on the outskirts looking in. Mm. And that's what that's what is nice because you go, oh, we're both observers. We're both, we're both people that don't fit in anywhere. But we fit into this little circuit. And, and... Yeah, it's sort of, um, what would it be called in like, in like in high school movies? It would be like, you know, like outcasts, isn't it? It's yeah, like yeah. People who don't necessarily fall into the normal buckets of, subcultures and but then i don't but then it's sort of weird because you're sort of you are an out you are sort of on the outskirts but also because you've got this wit or like comedic sort of talent i mean not everybody does but (laughs) (laughs) but because you do you you sort of can fit into places but you're all you always feel like an alien I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like I can fit into pretty much anywhere. Like I can fit in and I can be liked, but I'm not quite one of them. I don't feel like one of them. Yeah. I feel like the most at home I felt in a group of people for a long time was talking amongst a bunch of comedians after a gig. Mm. It's like you can go and like catch up with your mates from your hometown and you can, you know, go out for a beer with your mates uh, from work after mm. the office. Um, but it's not, there's nothing quite like just shooting the shit with a bunch of comedians who have just come off stage and like, you know, this guy had a bad set, but this guy had a fucking great one and you're yeah. all trading ideas about what worked and what didn't. And that table over there were fucking chatting the whole time. How annoying were they? And like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah something about it that it doesn't matter what yeah what background you come from like we're all i don't know well i stopped i i obviously stopped performing and even doing acting and stuff i just stopped and i'm when i moved back to portsmouth and i was like i'm just gonna get a job i'm gonna be a manager of a a restaurant which i really really i love hospitality so I just really do. I really do. Like, do I really like. Yeah, I really like it. Like I really. Thrive it's rare to meet somebody who loves hospitality but hates oh. people. I mean, that's. Well, I hate people. I can't stand the customers, but I love, I love the the idea. Like I love the team. I love all the little parts of it, and I'm, I know how to run a good 
bloody restaurant uh, and a yeah. bar. Like I know. And um, I think that's kind of nice to think, oh, yeah, I'm good at this. But everybody there, it's like you talk about customers and you go, oh, do you recognize that? And you make observations about things. But they're not, they're not on that level. They don't think about those sort of things. So you're sort of performing. You're sort of saying these observations. Yeah. And they're like, well, well I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you mean. And it's yeah. like, oh. so you miss that. And then, yeah, I just I had to get back. Have you ever been like assessed for ADHD? Oh, don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. Oh, I'm sure I could be assessed. I went to a doctor's about ADHD because I started believing all the, uh, you know, the nonsense. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, maybe I've got ADHD. And I went to the doctor and he said, uh, adults don't get ADHD. That's what my doctor said too. Do you know what? Mm. The best thing the doctor ever said to me, basically he was telling me to grow up. And I think that was a good, good, <laughs> it was a good diagnosis. That's really interesting because like, so I went to the doctor and they told me ostensibly the same thing. Um, and I took it completely differently. I took it like I felt dismissed and not taken seriously. Yeah, I did it first. I did it first. But I've, I've spoken to other people since who have been uh, assessed for ADHD and who have since been diagnosed in mm. adulthood. There's about they, a thousand. Yeah. They, they, well, they're There's like, so many. it's like it makes sense to them. They think back to how they were treated in school. And, mm. and I'm like... I didn't like basically my GP said to me, did you get in trouble in school a lot? And I said, no, not really. And he was like, yeah, you probably don't have ADHD then. And I was like, that's it. That's the, that's the extent of the exam. Okay, right. great. Um, but I've like since fucking forever, I've had trouble concentrating, staying focused. I start this and then I stop it. And then I, and I, I seem to share a lot of attributes and, tick boxes just, with friends that... i've just never met anyone that that doesn't have those problems i've never met anyone that goes oh yeah yeah i find it really easy to concentrate and uh yeah but then look at like if i look at my employment track record like there's there's a lot of times there where i'm like if i had just been able to stay focused if i could have just fucking stay but then i don't know there's another part of me that's like because it was a fucking boring job aid <laughs> exactly no one likes their job no one likes getting up for work I like my I've job now. Not... Like my job's great, but back in the day, it's like I worked in recruitment. I fucking hated it. Yeah. Like if I could have just stayed focused on this, really. Yeah. Exactly. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. I just, I just think, I don't know. I, I wonder. Don't get me wrong. Sure. If you've been diagnosed with ADHD, then you know, and it helps you. That's that's all great. Get the help you need. But I, I do wonder. I think how, I do wonder how much it does help you to have that sort of. I don't want to say excuse, but I'm gonna. So I know, yeah. I, I, so I don't know how much that helps you as a person. If you have got ADHD, surely is it not? If you've if you've reached like our age, is it not? Is it not pointless to sort of start now? Is it think? Well, I've I've learned I've learned how to deal with how I am my whole life, and I think now suddenly is, I don't know if people have learned to deal like they're still feeling unsettled they still feel like they can't do things that the general population can yeah and no, but i feel like that yeah i i feel like like sometimes i feel like but for the grace of god i've landed in a job where i can actually function around people who know how i operate but for a lot of people out there i think you know if you work yeah. in tesco's or wh smith's or not supposed to be you're not supposed to be working in tesco's or wh smith that's that's your issue do. and they function perfectly well in those roles and then there's other people who are like i can't yeah i guess stay yeah. like so i think for those people they're still trying to make sense of that condition and then when they go to the gp and finally they find a gp who actually takes it seriously mm. and then diagnoses and medicates them they're like, oh my I god, just... is this how normal people think all the time? Because now I can actually do shit. But who, but who wants to be normal? Who wants to be the person that's so happy with their job in Tesco? Well, that's yeah. Did you, did you ever listen to that Doug Stanhope bit where he was talking about? Um, he was like, oh, you know, now I'm going to do my Doug Stanhope impression. He's do like, it. now it's really great because I'm medicated and now I can just like look at this box and like yeah. fold it over and I do this for 17 yeah. hours a day. And, like, exactly, exactly. I, it's I, like, like we're not supposed to do that. So yeah. it's like you, you might be medicated, but I see it more as sort of conformity pills. Yeah. It's like well, you can be a nice, a nice drone for society now. Off you go. At least until the robots take over, right? Oh yeah, no, the robots will take over, and then they'll get ADHD, and and then we'll have to. You could probably like hire. You can like hire in the first batch of like Amazon robots, 
and then they'll bring out like the second generation who like replicate ADHD behavior because it would be like a sort of <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a product kink like and then I... you have to medicate them with certain software and oh, yeah I yeah. mean oh, yeah I think fun. it's a I think it's a byproduct of of living in a uh, society that that we're not supposed to really be in we're not supposed to live like this like. It doesn't make any natural sense to live how we live now. So, yeah. of course, that's going to cause problems. Of course, that's going to go against our brains. Like, of course it is. Why Why wouldn't it? We're, not, to we're do... supposed to go out and hunt and gather our food. We're not supposed to get boxes of HelloFresh that yeah. come. I used to do uh, uh, a podcast like way back in the day. But it's like if we'd stuck at it, it probably would have been quite big by now because we we I have majorly missed the uh, the podcast. But oh, same. Clearly. But um, well, you haven't. You're doing very well. Don't don't. Well, it's it's going okay. Put yourself it's, down. It's going great. You know, if I'd started it in like 2014 or something, you know, how big could I have been? I mean, man, um, it, there's lots of things you could. You know, we both could have done in the past. If only I had been medicated. But, mm. um, <laughs> uh, are you medicated now no no i'm not oh, good but i've good. been told like this will shock nobody but like for fucking ever i've been told by like you know 10 20 30 people like mm. either you're a weird guy or like are you okay or like yeah. you know like all of these sort of leading loaded questions where i've been like do normal people not think? like i remember i did an internship at star fm in slough once um and i made some joke about the photocopy paper uh not edgy this is you know pre-edgy right mm. uh i made some shit joke about photocopy paper and the smell of it um and this guy who was a sales guy like heard the joke looked at me and just with a look of scorn just judgment just like literally just went like are you all right like, like I'm so oh, punty. i was like i'm fine and then he went back to his sales job and then that was that. Yeah. But it like it's always stuck with me that I'm like, there are people who mm. for them it's just sales and spreadsheets and yeah. nothing that, that yeah. goes outside of the guardrails of like acceptable conversation. And so like when you say, Are you on any sort of medication at the moment? Even though within the context of people saying, Are you okay? Uh, you are a bit weird or whatever. I always think, and this is probably the worst way to think for anyone mm. that does have mental health problems but i always think i probably don't want to be medicated because no, i would, I would worry that i was going to lose that slightly weird man i was thing. i've been diagnosed with manic depression bipolar probably adhd probably i'm probably on the autistic spectrum like if you really go into it but none, i don't want to as soon as i medicated and i was on sertraline satanapram as soon as I was medicated, I didn't make... I remember I was on sertraline, and whilst in the bedroom, it was great. It took ages <laughs> to come. It was fantastic. Honestly, oh, for that, great. Yeah. Sertraline, um, you say? Okay. Sertraline, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can go for hours. Honestly, it's fantastic. But yeah. you don't really want to because you're just so numb. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't create anything. I create videos all the time. Any Anything I, I can think of, I create, even stupid videos... But for a year I, I, while I was on that, I didn't create a single thing. I didn't write one joke. And I was like, okay, I need to get off this because mm -hmm. clearly, clearly the weirdness in me is, is what spurs my creativity. And, and that's. Could know. also be like, I mean, they do say that some of these things affect like motivation. You might be a mm -hmm. little bit more, um, can't think of the right adjective now, but, but they did like I, one of my old friends from my hometown, uh, was on antidepressants for, for quite a while and to get him well first off it, it sort of kept him in the house for about a year uh, and, and to get him to do anything sort of creative or to snap out of that mindset was a fucking mission and then he ended yeah. up changing his um, his medication he was completely different um, uh. so it can I don't know can be a little bit little I bit just I, I'm, I'm a bit hippie-ish when it, when it comes to it I just think it, all the problems are in the mind. As long as you can settle your mind, be a bit, you know, hey, I know it's a dirty word, but be a bit spiritual about it, you know? Oh, my God. Try, oh, my God, I'd rather take some telepram all day <laughs> long than believe in God. But no, but just, just you know, try, it, 
I'm not talking about God or anything, but I mean just spiritual in your in yourself. Try and center yourself. Try and know yourself. Try and be, you know, at peace with yourself. And then you're not going to be so. Oh God, I'm so weird. I'm so weird compared to other people. Because yeah, you are weird compared to other people. So am I. But that's why we're doing a podcast right now. Like it's it's that's that's what makes us different. That's what yeah. There's also you on. There's also a sort of funny like subtext or, or element to that in like yeah you are weird you are weird but that's why a as you said like we're, do- we're doing a podcast but b yeah. that's why you should go into open mic comedy like there are so many people like, i mean you know here we are talking about the camaraderie and you know making friends on the circuit and everyone's different but everyone's the same kind of um but but there is i mean there's a lot of people that get into open mic comedy as a conduit as a way of expressing some of those anxieties yeah uh and they really come into them themselves like they find yeah. a way to express that trauma or that yeah the, the 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 feelings that they've always had about being a little bit weird or not being the funny one or being the funny one or like um yeah i don't know i know i think, I think that's what's so great about it and the only the only problems come when you start trying to make it your career when you start trying to Oh, I'm not getting this gig. I'm not getting that gig. When really you should just see it as this is an outlet for my weirdness. This is this is how I'm going to deal with rather than take pills every day. I'm going to do this, and it doesn't have to be stand up. It could be anything like that. But I think you 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 need it if you're like us. If you're you know, mm. I mean, the amount of comedians that have got ADHD now, of course, that's of course they do because that's what they need to do that. Yeah, there's definitely a tie in there. I mean, like, I, so I saw there's a, there's a tweet from somebody. I, feel, I can't remember who the fuck it was now. And I always try to credit people when I reference their tweets on, on this. But like, it was a tweet and it said, like, my friend is a comedian and he's just been diagnosed as not having ADHD. Like, like that was the thing. That's that was good. the big story. I like it. Yeah, I was like, yes. Yeah, like so, <laughs> so many. Like, and, and, you know, I only just dipped my toe back into the stand-up thing ahead of that Soho gig. Uh, but so many routines start with, you know, my name's uh, Carly mm. and I'm from, I live here in Dalston and uh, I've got ADHD and let yeah. me tell you about that. And it's like, it. that's what my, my new set is all about. It's all about how everyone has to have a thing and it's like, it can't, you can't, I do find it's it's a there's a lot of white men doing it because they feel my whole set is about how I'm just a white man. And it's boring now and it's not very marketable, so I have to try and think of something that's interesting to try and mm. put you, myself out above the rest. Or you won't get those adverts. Oh no, I don't get adverts anymore. Doesn't happen. It, it does not way. happen. I know. Tell me about it. Um, God, I should start moaning on Facebook about how many adverts I'm not getting. All right. Okay. Let's not go down that tangent. Um, ben Adams, we've been talking for an hour, man. So I'm oh, going to have wow. to let you okay. go. Uh, I'm only been... joking, by the way. It's all fun. It's all games. Honestly, uh, me and like that, we're all good. Yeah, it's all good. Guys, really good. That's it. Um, thank you very much to my to my guest uh, Ben Adams for joining me tonight. An thank hour you. of his time after he's been he's been podcasting all day. All day um, long, honestly. It's it's just, oh. And he still found some more words to say mm-hmm. to me yeah. tonight. Um, you can grab him. You grab him. You can catch up with Ben. You can follow him. That's probably a more you know orthodox way of saying it. Follow me. I'm terrible at this stuff. I don't care if anyone follows me. So I never try and say like, oh, yeah, follow me on this. Follow me. If you want to, you can. Yeah, you can seek him uh, out. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a shout out though. Uh, he's Thank on Instagram mate. and TikTok as at Ben Adams Man on both. Uh, he's also doing stand up in and around London, so keep your eyes peeled on that. You've got a Brighton Fringe show coming up soon. What's that called? Yes, uh, Black Sheep Comedy. There you go, Black Sheep mm. Comedy at Brighton Fringe. Um, before I go, big shout outs to this week's new Patreon backers, uh, Samantha and Rodri. I hope I hope I'm I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Rodri, Rodri. Rod- Rod, I I hope that's right. I hope that doesn't come. Well, he's just he's just turned that off. He's gone now. Right, that's it. Sam and Rod, yeah, unsubscribed straight away. Um, (laughs) uh, Glad to have you guys in the Binfluencer cult. I'm looking forward to the next in-person meetup on Friday the 28th of April in London. That is a sort of meetup piss-up thing. 
Uh, a lot of people who do these podcasts and YouTuber kind of thing, like they, they want to do meetups and Q&As and meet and greets and, you know, autographs. Like, I, I'm not going to do any of that. I want it to be something a bit more me. So meeting up in a pub and just talking shit and drinking with everyone is more that that is my natural habitat. So that is 28th of April. That's just over a month away. Um, if you're not on the Patreon yet and you want to come along to that or the live stand up stuff uh, and the podcasting that I'm arranging for July uh, or things like the show that me and Danny Price did a few weeks ago. Um, and, oh, and you get the podcast two days before everyone else. And the Discord, I mean, there's just limitless benefits here, people. Um, oh, and you get credited slash named and shamed at the end of episodes like this. Uh, so big shout outs to my Patreons. Uh, Rodri, Williams, uh, Samantha, uh, Matthew, Jeff, uh, Ailsa, Mark, Eddie, Kai, Stuart. And then we've got uh, Anthony, Pingu, David, Alex, Chris D., silent t-rex sarah and kerry thank you so much for continuing your support of the podcast anyway um for all that and more jump on patreon.com forward slash aid thompson with an in join my goddamn cult that's it from me i'll be back on wednesday next week with a solo show where i'll be ranting roasting and ridiculing the news until then stay safe i'm out and keep it booch